Hey, what's up? How's it going, guys? I know it's been a while, so it's good to be back. Welcome to Season 2 of White Rider. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about stories and things that inspire people and make the world a better place kind of deal. And uh, we're just going to, you know, sort of hit that approach, see how that goes, take it in that direction and go from there. So... Story time. Beginning of January 2023, I had this whole new year, new me sort of mentality, right? I was like, hey, over the past couple of years, we've been sort of in this like down, depressed sort of state. So instead, let's flip the script. Let's change the narrative for a little bit. And instead, let's maybe talk about or, you know, go on um, this sort of journey towards being and doing the things that make us feel like a better person, make us feel more alive. So the first step in doing that was doing something that uh, <laughs> that we love to do. And I love to get myself into these harebrained sort of experiences where I risk life and death to try and be outside in nature in these uh, crazy little ordeals. Let me give you, let me give you like an example. Okay, uh, when Matt and I were 18, 17, 17. We were 17. I got into rappelling and I thought rappelling was like the new and coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. So to sort of foster and um, encourage that hot hoppy, we decided we needed to go get the equipment. So we went to a local rock climbing store, walked inside the area, picked out a couple of carabiners, some like figure eights, some webbing for anchors and stuff like that. And we're like, oh yeah, we need rope. And so we looked at the rope and the rope was going to be like three or four hundred dollars, which was way outside of our 17-year-old budget. So we decided that we needed to come up with like a better option, better alternative. And so we started looking at, um, you know, what might be a better, more budgetary friendly sort of idea. The best, well, whenever you have those ideas, you have to go to the best place that can help uh, well, uh, what's what's the word? Oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking right now. The best place that can help, dude. What in the world? I do a podcast like every single week. Well, not every week because we haven't done one in like the past two months. But you know, we do a podcast pretty regularly, and we talk to people. So words should not be this hard to find. But yeah, the best place to go that can help fund, not fund. Oh my gosh. Is ridiculous. I'm totally choking right now. <clears throat> it's okay. It's only the first episode of season two, so that shouldn't be that big of a deal. But yeah, the best place you go to help <laughs> outsource these budgetary dreams is Home Depot. And that's where we went. We went to Home Depot. We went to the back where all the towing stuff is, and we looked at the rope. We looked at what kind of options are available there. And yeah, we found this uh, just you know, rope sort of used for towing for like 20 bucks. And that's what we used to go rappel off of like an 80 foot cliff. That's an example of some of like the harebrained stuff that we get into. But, you know, the world is out there and dreams are not just going to come and take you with them. So going back into the January part of how we were going to become a better person and follow the dreams that we wanted to be and become more of the person who we wanted to be thought the next best thing would be to 
hike up Mount Timpanogos, which for those of you who don't know, Mount Timpanogos is a mountain that's in Utah. It's about 11, almost 12,000 feet tall and has an elevation gain of about oh, probably like six or 7,000 feet. So it's a, it's a pretty intense hike. And we were going to do it in the snow because we wanted to snowboard back down. Now, back in 2020, when all of COVID was happening and everything was shut down, um, you know, Caitlin and I decided that we would try to hike Timpanogos and do all that jazz. So that's what we did. We, uh, we hiked up there and got you know, about like three quarters of the way and then ended up snowboarding back down. It was one of like the coolest experiences ever, so kind of wanted to resurrect that feeling again and <clears throat> convince myself and everybody else around me that life hasn't stopped and we still have the opportunity, not the opportunity, but the ability to continue to have happy memories and create happy memories. So the plan was to leave around 4 or 5 in the morning from a city that's like 15 miles south. It takes about a half an hour to get up there and then pretty much hike as high up as we can in the amount allotted and then snowboard our way back down. What actually happened was waking up at 11.30 and, or not 11.30, I think it was like 9. Yeah, waking up at 9 and having this little mental conflict of whether or not it was actually going to go up. Well, the idea to go up actually won out. And so we left here around 10, got up to the trailhead by about 12, and then started off at that point in time. And, yeah, it was it was grueling. I mean, I thought for at least the first mile, maybe two miles, and it's a seven-mile up, um, that it would be not covered in snow and just kind of that, like, weird winter tundra dry kind of stuff. But it was totally covered with snow. And we made it about two miles up without having to put snowshoes on, and then... At that two-mile mark, that's when we had to put the snowshoes on so that we could actually, you know, continue up the mountain. And it was rough. It sucked. Like, the snow was super just soft and, and sugary. I mean, there was, there was nothing to grab onto. Trying to climb up with snowshoes was um, really, really difficult. But we kept persevering through it. And we maybe got, like, another mile, mile and a half or so. So we were about halfway. We were about three and a half miles up, maybe four and it was getting to a point where I was like, man, if I don't <laughs> if I don't turn back now, I'm probably not going to get back before it gets dark. So we should probably just find a place where we can, you know, snowboard down and then we'll be fine. And um, this is this is where it kind of gets cool. You look at your options, right? I mean, there's there's places like there was this Corral, uh, Caras. Karis? Ah, oh, dang it, I forget the name of it. But basically, it's just a vein of snow that goes down the mountain, and it's a, it's a really nice, beautiful vein of snow. It kind of looks like a ski run. It's really uh, nice and beautiful and clean and open. And then there was just this sort of mountain face on the other side, all of which required more hiking, all of which required me not possibly making it all the way back up. So we had to pick and choose carefully what we were going to do, and I decided to go for the Kerwal we'll call it Kroll. We decided to go for the Kroll, and that was to the left. So we took a left, we started hiking towards that, and there were like two more sort of hills that I had to summit before I could get to where that was, to where the Kroll was. 
So we get over the first one, <laughs> take a break, watch Lux come up with a bunch of sticks because that's what she likes to do. She loves to fetch. And then we, uh, you know, started back again and we summited the other hill and this is like the coolest thing ever. As we summited that other hill, we saw this beautiful, beautiful, like snow cave. And, um, oh man, it's so hard to describe. It was this almost like glacier-like thing that had, so it, it had, it had almost made a bridge over the, the snow and everything that, that was on the ground. And the cool thing about it was because it had bridged over the snow, it had made this like tunnel or from my angle, it looked like a cave. And as soon as I saw, I was like, dude, we're checking out that cave. There's no way that this would ever happen again, you know? So we have to go check it out. I mean, this is just too good to pass up. So go over there and we go inside the cave and yeah, sure enough, it was a tunnel that was going through with, with just this huge mound of snow over top of it. And what had happened was we got hit with this huge snowstorm. So this massive just bank of snow came and pounded the mountain. And then the river had actually sort of carved out the tunnel in, in this snow bank. And that was where the tunnel had come from, right? And then, you know, after things like freezing and stuff like that, eventually the river just stopped flowing. And that was how we ended up with this tunnel that was perfect for snowboarding through. And when I say it was perfect, I mean, it, it was just, oh, I was so excited. I cannot wait to snowboard down this tunnel. And because I'm an overachiever and I want everything to be perfect because of the whole perfectionism thing, I couldn't just start the snowboarding run right then. I had to go up top to the top of the crawl to see if I could board down into the tunnel and then go through that way. Did it work? No. We had our huge backpack on with all of our, you know, base camp stuff in case we were going to spend the night. And we also had Lux that we tried to strap to us as we were coming down the corral to where we totally missed the entrance to the cave. So had to unstrap, hike back up to where the tunnel started at the top of the, at the top of the hill and then strap in and go again. But at this point in time, I mean, I was tired. I was frustrated. I was so ready to just be on the mountain and get in that zone. I mean, everything had just been preparation and work and hiking and, and binding and things like that. And, you know, I had accidentally dropped my shoe in the snow, so there was snow in my boot, and I had tried everything in my power to avoid that, so the fact that it happened, like, made me even that more infuriated, and I just wanted to just go, just be on the, the slopes and have that sort of surfing zen meditation moment where everything sort of falls to the background, and it's just you present with the mountain, and you kind of get in touch with your spiritual side, and you can use that to make the world a better place, and take that back into work, and things like that, and it was not happening, so finally we bind up, we ended up unstrapping Lux, because there was no way we were going to board with Lux being strapped up like that, and so she was just going to have to chase me, and we're at the top of this tunnel, and we look down, and it just looks so menacing i mean it went from this beautiful blue and sparkly kind of thing to this sort of dark and almost shady sort of tunnel experience and there was part of me that was like you know what you don't have to 
I mean, it would be so easy to just, you know, take your heel edge and go down and just, you know, sort of take it real nice and easy. And once you get to a point where you feel like you can control it, then you can go ahead and bomb down. But, you know, don't do not do anything that would be stupid or reckless or, you know, like you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to go the full hundred down this mountain. Like, relax, you got this, it's fine. And so I thought about it and I actually was like, okay, cool, we'll do that. And then, I don't know, I just took a second to like kind of stop and breathe and really think about and visualize the opportunity that was there or what we had in front of us. And what we had in front of us was this beautiful, just absolutely amazing snow tunnel that probably would never show up again. And we had one shot. I mean, we knew we were not coming back the rest of the winter. And, you know, just the way the weather goes, it might not ever show up again. So with that one opportunity, I had to bomb it. I had to go down in one fail swoop as hard and as fast as I could so that so that I could take everything with me. You know, so that nothing else was left on that mountain so that I didn't come back thinking, oh man, I wonder if I could have, or <laughs> wow, there was so much beauty in that one moment, and I just sort of, you know, let it go and put it off to the side because I wanted to play it safe. Just couldn't let that happen, so I did. I took a deep breath, I <laughs> may have said an explicit, and then just bombed down the snow tunnel, and I'll tell you what, it was one of the most surreal and just out-of-body experiences ever. Because the sound of the snow just shooting behind you and echoing off the reverberations of the wall and being able to look and see these intricate details in how the river carved out this snowbank flying past you, you feel like you're one with the mountain or you feel like you're part of big, something bigger than yourself. And it's bigger in the sense that it's beautiful and more beautiful than something you could ever create or ever even imagine and you get the incredible blessing and honor of being part of it and we killed it i mean we bombed it there was even this little like snow jump at the end and i haven't taken a jump in years so it came up and i was like oh shoot and we went flying off the end and had that just exhilarating feeling of, of flying and the earth separating from underneath you and then you land in the snow and you know, we, we came out onto the beautiful glacier and, you know, everything went from this like super closed up, very high intense tunnel to just whoosh, and suddenly it's open and immense and you see the mountain and the valley below and it just was, honestly, it was, it was just heaven, you know? I still think about that from time to time. I think about how like in our daily lives, how we have these, these little moments or opportunities where everything is out in front of you and you're never going to get it again. And you have the option to either take it and risk it or, you know, play it safe. And there's no, there, there's no, what am I trying to say here? Like, there's no right or wrong way here. Or like, don't, like nobody's dying. Nothing is being left on the table if you decide to bomb it versus whether you decide to play it safe. And I'm talking small things. I mean, making a sales call, deciding to go for a certain major, um, you know, hanging out with certain friends or asking a certain friend out or things like that. I'm just saying in those moments, you know. Nobody's going to live or die based on what you choose to have or do. 
the point of the story is recognizing it and being grateful for the blessing in the moment that is there. Because the fact of the matter is, is and I'm going to go back to the snow tunnel as like a metaphor, you know, whether we bombed it or whether we took hillside, there was no losing the beauty of the tunnel. The tunnel was still there. It just, you know, depended on what kind of experience I wanted to have with it. And the cool thing is, is you have control. I had control over what kind of experience I wanted to have. And you get to choose that, you know. There's no right or wrong, good or bad. It's just how you want to choose your adventure. And recognizing that that choice is yours. And you have full and complete permission to do whatever it is you want to do. <laughs> so, yeah. Mountains are amazing. You guys are amazing. Um go out there and do something cool. Like, I know you guys are trying your best. I appreciate that. So have a good week and uh, we'll talk to you later.